We are back with another episode of the Black Box Podcast. I'm your host, John. And I'm your host, Ahmed. And today we have our old friend, Jerry Lee, on the podcast to uh, to discuss a little bit about his early career development and I guess his a, a little uh, highlight of his current job at Amazon. So um, we're going to kind of pick Jerry's brain a little bit, but we'll... Um, ask him about his uh, his time being laid off, which was unfortunate, but I guess ended up working out for the best for Jerry. Um, and just like the entire uh, process of going from um, just working in a software engineering position and specifically at Fang. And as usual, we'll just have a little bit of um casual conversation about our times in college and just college in general. So I think this is going to be a really great one that you guys are going to love. Um, so let's do it. Let's do it. We're super excited to uh, announce on black box that we have our first advertisement and it is with our very own podcasting platform, Zencaster, which is what we've been using since day one to record remotely with our guests. Uh, and they've become a new sponsor for the show. So tune in, Check out the podcast discount link in our show notes and stay tuned to hear more about why we love Zencaster. Hey guys, we're really excited to tell you guys about Black Ice, the black owned jewelry business uh, owned by Sean Moore, who we've had on the podcast before. And if you just think about it, Black Box, Black Ice, it's a match made in heaven. <laughs> I love that. Uh, yeah, so... You know, jewelry in itself, obviously it's flashy, but you know, on Black Box, we like to talk more about the investment aspect. Gold jewelry, as well as watches, are a physical asset class in their own, which is a bit safer. And if you've seen the markets in the past year or so, stock market and crypto have been down a lot, whereas gold is really good at preserving its value. And that's what it's known for. Yeah, I just wanted to mention that I've worked with him before personally to get a gift from my mother that was also a slightly custom piece as well. Uh, I have nothing but good things to say about Sean. He was easy. He was flexible. The price was fair. And, you know, I met up with him, quick and easy transaction. And my mom loved the gift and it turned out great. Yeah. So if all of this sounds good to you, you could check out his website or his socials. Um, it's Black Ice NYC, but it's black with a V instead of an A. And if you're looking for something stock, you could find it there. But he also does custom goods and he specializes in doing custom things with a quick turnaround. Uh, yeah. And also, if you're looking for a specific item, especially with, you know, watches, Sean loves to do sourcing. And because he's in the business, it's a little bit better pricing than going directly through retail and working with, you know, the corporations. We also think it's a bit better. And we talk about that on the pod that you'd be supporting, you know, an upcoming entrepreneur and a small business instead of going and giving your money to these big corporations anyway. Yeah. So again, we're so excited to partner with Black Ice and be sure to check the description down below for uh, hit Sean's socials and his website and stay tuned for cool opportunities coming very soon. Just don't forget to mention the black box sent you. Hey Jerry, thanks. Thanks so much for, uh, for hopping on the podcast. Um, I guess, can we get started by just having you introduce yourself? Yeah, thanks uh, for having me. So my name is uh, Jerry Lee. I'm uh, currently a software engineer at Amazon. Uh, my team is a people insight team. Uh, we build uh, HR solutions 
specifically uh, data science models and um, uh, getting that into production for uh, internal uh, use. Uh, so uh, a lot of the people, our customers specifically, are going to be uh, those HR business partners at uh, the fulfillment centers and um, uh, at uh, headquarters and all of those people, uh, and they're able to, to use our tools to uh, take a look at the health of the company and, and whatnot. Uh, and uh, yeah, so I, I've been here for a little under two years. Uh, before that, I was uh, uh, at uh, TripAdvisor as a software engineer. And uh, uh, before that, I graduated uh, Stony Brook University uh, with a bachelor's and master's. I did the five-year program. And uh, yeah, I know uh, uh, John and Ahmed from, from Stony Brook. Uh, I was uh, part of Pi Lambda Phi and met them uh, through there. And, uh, yeah, Frat bros. Yeah, they're <laughs> you know? And um, I'm uh, really happy to be on, on this podcast. Awesome. Thank you, Jerry. Uh, yeah, no. So I guess, um, you know, you started at TripAdvisor after school. Was that your, like, first offer, first job or whatever? Because I remember you around the time of finishing your five-year, you had a, a couple offers and you even – didn't you accept one and then decide to go and take a different one and go with a different opportunity or whatever? Yeah. So uh, I guess a little bit more background is that uh, I did computer engineering um, in college as my major. So usually computer engineering, uh, we have a lot of leeway to choose the direction that we go. We can either uh, go more more uh, hardware, firmware route, uh, so lower level. Uh, that would be, you know, think of uh, if you have the iPhone, right? Uh, uh, it's, it's the chips inside the iPhone programming those chips, the stuff that you don't actually interact with. Uh, uh, and then, of course, we can also go, go higher level, go uh, the software route. So think of the apps in the iPhone, you know, if you're playing, uh, you know, on uh, Instagram or TikTok, you know, what you see there, that's, that's kind of what the software engineer domain is. And so uh, I actually, uh, as I was ending my, my college, I got offers actually through the whole spectrum of, of offers. Um, and so I got offered uh, a job at uh, uh, DDC, which uh, was um, an aerospace and defense company. Um, oh, they know DDC they, here. Oh, okay, <laughs> great, great. Um, so, so offer there. Uh, I had an offer at uh, Ford, uh, Ford Motor Company, uh, and I also had offers at uh, Qualtrics and uh, TripAdvisor. So, so as you can see, it's kind of a wide spectrum of, of different uh, uh, jobs, uh, but they were all, all related to software, just different levels of software. Uh, and uh, yeah, John, you were saying how um, it was kind of uh, uh, multiple offers, uh, accepting them, declining them, all that. So, uh, you know, I, uh, you know, it, the timing wasn't exactly all at once, right? So I couldn't uh, yeah. lay all the offers in front of me to, to compare them. So actually, uh, I got uh, offers at different times. And so I got my first offer um, at uh, uh, DDC, which which I immediately, you know, didn't want, I, I knew I wanted to go a little higher level, uh, do software, uh, what we're talking about the, you know, the apps in the iPhone kind of deal, uh, then and then the next offer I got was at Ford Motor Company, uh, and uh, that was going to be in Detroit, uh, where they're headquartered. Uh, and I accepted that one because uh, at that time it was the best offer. Uh, but uh, uh, a couple of weeks later, I 
did an interview at Qualtrics and and they liked me, I guess, and uh, they they gave me an offer. Um, it was at Provo uh, in Utah, and uh, uh, you know I was I was really tempted to accept it, uh, but uh, the recruiter they, they, he called me and he was like, "Hey, we want to extend you an offer." I'm like, "That's awesome, great." Uh, he I distinctly remember he he told me uh, one thing you should look out for is that uh, if you're uh, looking for apartments, uh, you have to choose uh, your apartments carefully. Some of them don't allow opposite genders to uh, visit. I'm like, oh, okay, maybe maybe I'll have to reconsider this guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and then finally, uh, I got an offer at uh, TripAdvisor, uh, which was in uh, the Boston area. So I ended up taking that one. And uh, uh, that's where I headed right after school. I went up, up to Boston. Yeah, no, uh Sorry, I meant one of the things that I always respected when I was talking to you at that point, because I was like only a junior and still kind of figuring everything out. Uh, also, side note, Jerry put in a good word for me and was one of the reasons I got the internship at DDC and ended up working there. But no, one of the things I respected was that you kind of prioritized your career and you knew that, you know, in a pinch, a company wouldn't really like they do what's best for them as well. So you kind of always went that route and that it kind of led you to the success So. Yeah, I, I, I just wanted to ask, like, how did Ford react? Like when you like when you accepted the offer and then I guess is it like reneging? Is that what it's called? So, so it's, it's called reneging. Right. And uh, honestly, you know, John just mentioned it. And you know, my, my philosophy really is, uh, you know, you shouldn't have too much uh, loyalty because uh, the company will. Not will be more than willing to, to let you go. And I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about uh, my time at TripAdvisor soon enough. Um, but uh, yeah, so, you know, I think you have to be civil about it. They, they understand. They have a, a, you know, you're, you're going to one company, but that one company has thousands of applicants, right? So they, they know the process and um, you just be civil about it. You, you can tell them that it's not going to work out and, um they'll, they'll, you know, accept it. And if not, you know, they'll accept it. <laughs> I mean, they have to accept it, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean the only thing business. is the fine, fine print, as long as you didn't sign a contract that specifically uh, binds you then you should be fine. But the majority for of us uh, now, <laughs> the, the majority of, of, uh, uh, you know, employment here in the U S is at will. So, uh, at will does not mean, you know, the employer, only at will it's also the employees at will so yeah uh, it's yep. a two-way door you can go both ways all right um i guess you touched on it so now we're gonna have to talk about it um so at TripAdvisor, so you started working there pre-covid once you finished your school uh and then covid hit and you were working for a travel company i guess could you tell us like what the environment was like and then what ended up happening? Yeah. So uh, TripAdvisor actually uh, was a lot of fond memories. I, I, I think I got lucky. Uh, the team that I joined was full of young people. And so everybody was around the our age. And so uh, everybody got along. And actually, uh, you know, I consider them, uh, you know, my friends and whatnot. And I still talk to, to some of them. And so 
you know, it was it was a great great environment there because uh, not only were we you know working, you know, after work we we grab beers, we'd go go get food and all that good stuff. So it was a it was a good company to to work for, the good team to work for as well. Uh, and then, uh, as you said, I, I was there pre-pandemic and TripAdvisor's, you know, a travel company. Uh, then, then the COVID hit, and uh, uh, at first, you know, nobody really knew what was going on. Everybody was was confused about uh, the state of COVID. But uh, come come May or so of 2020. Uh, TripAdvisor uh, decided to lay people off, and uh, I was part of that wave of layoffs. So uh, I I got sent an email uh, that says that uh, hey, please join this meeting at this time. And uh, in that meeting, they they told us that they had to let us go, and our end final date was this date, and then um, that was it. You know, it was uh, pretty pretty formal there. And uh, uh, so I got laid off from TripAdvisor uh, a little under a year uh, working there. Uh, did they give you some sort of like severance or anything or how does that work? Yeah. So uh, uh, luckily for me, uh, you know, I, I have this really interesting experience there. So they gave me 10 weeks of severance, uh, which is which is pretty, pretty nice. It's pretty um, good, right? I don't know what the standard is, but... Uh, I'm not quite sure of the standard, but uh, uh, yeah, so I, I, I got 10 weeks of severance. And, and ironically, uh, you know, uh, the next logical step was was looking for more jobs. And so, you know, uh, my, my whole time was dedicated to, to job searching. But uh, uh, ironically, about... Uh, four weeks in, so I got laid off in in May, uh, and in June, my my old skip level manager at, at TripAdvisor. So uh, for those who aren't aware, skip level manager was my manager's manager. He emailed me once uh, saying, "Hey, we have a backfill position at TripAdvisor. Do you want to come back?" So I, I haven't, I, you know, at that point, I didn't find, I haven't found like another job yet. So I was like, "Oh, of course, I want to come back. I want that money." <laughs> you know? yeah. uh, and so. I came back six weeks after I got laid off, and if uh, uh, you know all those people doing the math there with ten weeks of severance coming back after six weeks, you got double pay for. I I got four weeks of uh, uh, of pay for free right there. Podcasting remotely can be challenging, but with Zencaster, the product that we use to record our episodes, it doesn't really have to be. Zencaster's all-in-one web-based solution makes the process pretty quick and painless which is, you know, the way we really want it to be. If you've been listening to The Black Box for a while now, you know that we constantly talk about how we want to bring the best quality and the best content for our listeners, you guys. And with Zencaster, they provide crystal clear sound and gorgeous HD video for us as we record our episodes with our guests. Uh, Not to mention it's easy to use. That's why we really like it because instead of having to coach, you know, guests on how to set up a podcast if they haven't been on one before, we basically just say show up with a mic and a, a computer and you're good to go with Zencaster. Zencaster is all about making making your podcast experience easy and with everything from local recording to automatic post-production tools. If you want to use those, uh, you don't even have to leave your browser to get the entire episode done. If you go to zen.ai slash black box and enter our promo code black box, you'll get 30% off on your first three months of Zencaster Pro. That's zen.ai slash black box, B-L-A-C-K-B-O-X. It's time to share your story. Nice. <laughs> they didn't, and they didn't care to be like, "All right, you're working for us now. You can't get those other four weeks." No, no, they they uh, they did not care. No, but uh, I would say that's a you know a unique situation that I got lucky. So, were you 
were you on like an adjacent team to the one you were originally on or how did that work? Yeah, it was it was in the same org, but it was a different team and it was doing different things. They brought me on because I had some knowledge of the code that they were working on as well. So they thought that I would be a, a good fit on that team. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Um, I guess then what what brought you from TripAdvisor after your like second second time there to Amazon? Yeah. So, uh, you know, as I was saying, after I got laid off, I took a lot of time uh, searching for new jobs and it was, it was kind of hard, you know, at, at the uh, height of the pandemic because a lot of companies weren't hiring. They, they had hiring freezes because they didn't know what the state what of the economy um, yep. was. Right. And so uh, I got a lot of emails that, that said like, Hey, uh, you know, we want to interview you, but we're not hiring and we'll, we'll keep your interview um, on file kind of deal. But, uh, uh, Amazon was one of those companies that, that were still, uh, hiring. So I, I got an offer from Amazon, uh, and, um, they, they basically asked me, Hey, do you, do you want to come join Amazon? And, uh, I think, uh, kind of going back to that theme of, of, you know, um, uh, you know, don't, don't have too much loyalty, uh, for a company. I decided that the better route for, for my career and, and progression in my career was to, to head to Amazon. So uh, I accepted that offer and uh, moved out to Seattle. Awesome. Awesome. How um, long were you back at TripAdvisor before you went to Amazon? It wasn't long, right? Uh, it, was, it was, I think, exactly one month uh, when I, I gave <laughs> my two-week notice. So, yeah. I mean, uh, it's been fun, boys, but <laughs> got a dip. <laughs> Given given the circumstances, though, like I feel like TripAdvisor is the was definitely hurt pretty badly by the pandemic, at least temporarily. Whereas Amazon was probably booming during the pandemic, right? Like, what what is it? What has it been like at Amazon? Yeah, so I think uh, really one thing that people don't realize when they're looking for jobs, and and I certainly didn't realize this when I was in school. Uh, and and early in my career was kind of um, how different teams are and how much teams themselves uh, affect your experience at a company, right? Uh, you know, people people always want to go to these these large companies, uh, Facebook or now I guess they're Meta, uh, Amazon, you know, all of these big companies. And really, it depends on the team that you join. I personally, being um, on um, a data science team uh, that is working in the HR space. Uh, it's it's pretty relaxed. We uh, have a lot of uh, leeway in our decisions, and you know we have a lot of uh, um, ability to to make decisions uh, for what technologies to to use and how how to get things done. And I don't think you know uh, other teams have as much leeway and as much uh, say in how things get done. So I personally you know, got lucky again in that, that, that respect. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Um, one, one thing I wanted to, to ask, I know you, you mentioned that you were working on, um, like internal, like HR software. Is this, was this something that was like vastly different from what you were doing at TripAdvisor? Or do you think that experience definitely helped you in what you're doing now? 
So it's uh, interesting in, uh, looking back on it because I think from every single job that I've had, um, it has helped me and has given me knowledge in, in certain areas that help me today. And uh, I certainly see it as well, even, even going back to my internship when I was at DDC. Uh, so there's times where uh, I would be doing things now at Amazon that I would say, hey, I know, you know, this is a better way to do something or this is probably the better approach uh, because I've seen it before or something very similar uh, at a previous company, whether that's TripAdvisor or uh, whether that's DDC. So I think, you know, even though it's it's different spaces uh, and the customers are completely different, I think there's a lot of knowledge that uh, does apply to, um, you know, the current role. Gotcha. I think that's a good way to say it. Yeah. <clears throat> because, I mean, I could I could probably say the same. Like, even though, you know, I went from aerospace as well to like a startup uh, e-commerce tech environment, it's not, it may not be the specific application of my knowledge every day that I was able to take, but it's more just the general like problem solving skills, like how to fit, push through to a solution for something that, you know, maybe when you're in, you're in college, you would have got stumped on and just like not handed it in, but you can't really do that in the workforce. Like you have to figure those things out. That's, that's a great way to put it. Exactly. It's you're, you're building on those, those fundamental skills, whether that's, uh, you know, problem solving or interpersonal skills, you know, talking to other that's people, a, yeah. how to interact with other people. Um, because when you're, you're, you know, working with your teammates and, uh, other teams, it's, uh, it, you know, there's a lot of uh, skill just navigating, uh, through all of that communication. I was going to yeah. say, yeah, just figuring out how to ask questions the right way, depending on who the person you're talking to is. Because if it's someone with a technical background, you know, you can use specific keywords. But if it's someone that's maybe on the customer interfacing side or the business side or marketing side, they might not know all those technical terms. So you kind of have to word it the right way to get the answer you want. For sure. But, uh, what's What was the process, I guess, comparing it to like a normal software job? and a fang job like how did the interviews kind of stack up against each other is it really as hard as everyone says it's going to be so i think uh you know it's it's i think honestly i, I wouldn't say easier but it's it's uh less scary because when you are interviewing for a larger company like uh you know the, the fang companies like amazon the process itself is very well defined, right? You you probably can Google it and figure out what's going to to occur. And in fact, now I think recruiters, you know, even tell you exactly what's going to happen. They'll they'll tell you this yeah. is uh, this step and this is that step, and and in this step expect this uh, for however long. Uh, and I think you know that that itself is part of that that challenge of of interviewing process right that that uh lack of of knowledge i guess that uh um not knowing uh, what the process is uh, and i think for a fan company you know you know that process so uh that makes it easier of course you know the skills that you need you know you still need to practice you still need to know how to solve the problems that they're going to ask uh i think you know those are the same with with every company uh and so i think it's not necessarily harder uh, at, at a fan company but i think the the process is a lot more defined and you can probably uh, figure out 
you know, which questions they're going to ask and, and just practice. Gotcha. Um, yeah, no, I was, what, something that came to mind when you were, uh, when you were mentioning like interviewing for Fang, I feel like because, because so many people have done it and will do it, there's also so many, so many resources that you can find online that are very catered to like the different types of positions that you might be applying to. Whereas for maybe like a, maybe like a smaller company, there won't be as many like YouTube videos and all of these different websites that have like, oh, this, these are the types of questions they may ask. They like to, you're going to go through X number of rounds and speak with whoever and all of that. Uh, definitely, yeah. And and another thing to remember is uh, these these companies, uh, the larger they are, the more bureaucratic they are, right? So, uh, you know, they they have to have this process. Uh, they can't have, you know, one team doing their own thing for interviewing another team doing completely different things. So now that means like throughout all of the, the company, you've got something very uh, similar. Uh, and so when that happens, you kind of have that expectation of, of uh, what's going to occur in the interview process. At a smaller company, you know, that's not necessarily the case. You know, it's, it's a lot more nimble there. Uh, maybe they only have, you know, 10 people, uh, you know, in the company. And so they can come up with crazy interview questions if they want to. Uh, and that's just something that, that like larger companies can't do because they have to be able to compare uh, different applicants apples to apples while a smaller company may not need to uh, do that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's a good point. Um, okay. Uh, I guess let's, I, I do, I did want to ask a few questions about being, being a software engineer and like what the, not only like the work life balance, because I've heard that the work life balance and generally in, in for software engineers is pretty good. Um, though there may be some exceptions of course, but, um, the work life balance, like the workload, like, like meeting load, like weekly or biweekly sprints, like what, what is it like being a software engineer? Yeah. So this is a hard question to answer, right? Because I, I I can only speak from my perspective and, and honestly, it's, it's wildly different between, uh, teams and, you know, uh, different uh, companies as well, right? Uh, and honestly, you know, I, it, it's not prescriptive. Uh, you know, there are, you know, sprints, quote, quote. Uh, and, you know, you're supposed to get stuff done in sprints. But, uh, you know, I've realized that people don't even understand Scrum uh, correctly. And they're doing their own version of, of, of Scrum and, and sprints that may not, you know, uh, be adequate to, to uh, you know, uh, be described for other companies. Uh, so I think, you know, from a broad level, I think you can say that software engineers uh, have it relatively easy because, uh, you know, our work can be done from almost anywhere uh, as long as you have an internet connection, right? Uh, and if you have a very um, understanding team, you, you can uh, get that flexibility where maybe uh, instead of, you know, working that nine to five, maybe you, uh, you take, you know, the morning off and then work later at night. Uh, and, you know, that, again, is dependent on your, your team, your manager, and uh, maybe your org. So uh, I think, 
overall, you can say that, yeah, being a software engineer is relatively easy as a job, but I, I don't think that's necessarily true in, in all aspects. Gotcha. And I just wanted to reiterate one more time that this episode was made with Zencaster and check out our coupon code below if you're interested to utilize their tools. What are some things that you're trying to do to like make that separation between work and life and fun? Yeah. So, I, I mean, uh, you had to grind for a while. To, I mean, through the last few years of, you know, you moved to Boston, you got your first job. Then before you could get totally adjusted, you got laid off and then you got another job. And then shortly after that, you left Amazon. And I guess at what point did you kind of settle down and be like, all right, I'm going to make some time to start enjoying the and reaping the benefits? Yeah, I think I think there's a real shift in, in uh, perspective, right? And so, um, I, you know, my philosophy is, is uh, you don't, you know, live to work, right? Like that's, that's a wrong mentality. Yeah. you work to live, right? Um, yeah. You, you do work, you, you make money so you can enjoy, you know, your life outside uh, of work, whether that maybe doing more work, uh, you know, maybe you have uh, ideas and you want to uh, start your own company or, you know, pursue your own hobbies or whatever. Uh, I think that's perfectly valid, right? If, if you want to grind late into the night, uh, pursuing your passion, that's great. But I don't think um, you should be, uh, you know, focusing and dedicating so many hours for, for your work. Uh, and I think, uh, you know, uh, being able to realize that, uh, I think, uh, you know, I, I've been able to really uh, be happier and be able to, to focus on, on my hobbies and, and just find stuff that I, I enjoy doing outside of work. And I think I, I, I found that out relatively early on um, after college. I think in college, you know, uh, everybody's talking about how you have to, um, you know, get good grades, get into FANG, uh, all of these stuff. And, and I think it's, it's almost an echo chamber where you're uh, in college to have to have this uh, uh, mentality of success. And then once you're out of uh, college, you kind of see the, the world, you know, in a different perspective because your coworkers are, are at different stages in their lives and, and you can kind of see all of these different things. So I think, you know, Going into it, no, like thinking that you know uh, you shouldn't focus all on work, and you should definitely have you know uh, some time and you know a, a majority of your time, I think, dedicated to to your hobbies. I think that's that's very important. I remember uh, when we were joining the fraternity together. Me and Jerry were in the same class of people that I guess became full members, whatever, same semester. But I was a freshman. He was a junior and you were also interning at DDC at the time while junior year is known to be at Stony Brook, at least the hardest uh, year for engineering. You take all your hardest courses like uh, computer architecture and complex like system design and stuff. So you were talking about the, you know, being really busy and not making time for your hobbies. I remember when we all sat down, you pulled out your schedule and showed us and it was like from 7am to 9.30pm every day, you were doing schoolwork, intern work or some, something that wasn't really a hobby. So I feel yeah, like, no, that's, you know, that's, that's crazy. I actually, you know, reflect back on it every once in a while now and, and I don't know how I did it. And you and look back and you're like, I couldn't crazy. do that again. It's like yeah, a nightmare if I, if someone put me in that no situation way. again. Uh, yeah, no, I, I remember I had to, you know, uh, get 
I went to my internship. I think uh, if I remember correctly, I, I left, I think, the, the, the house at like 7.30 or something like that. And uh, I was at my internship for, uh, you know, a couple of hours uh, until like noon or so. And then I I'd go home. Uh, I mean, I go to campus to to my class and then I'll stay on campus for, uh, you know, couple of hours, uh, you know, into the night. And then after that, you know, I, I still had uh, other uh, activities going on as well. I had to get homework done. And, uh, you know, for uh, us, you know, we had uh, our pledge activities and all of that stuff. So, uh, you know, looking back, my, my day started at like maybe like 6.30, 7 and didn't end until, you know, 10 o'clock. And, and then on a good night. Yeah. So it's, it's crazy to, to think and look back on that. I mean, it all, it all paid off. You gave up a few years to now you're, you know, enjoying yourself hopefully and making a bunch of time for your hobbies. Also the thing you mentioned about the echo chamber, I feel like at Stony Brook specifically, I mean, everyone always says their school specifically, but very competitive there, the environment, you know, considering a lot of people come from all around the world and it's like a highly touted uh, research institute. Everyone was always like comparing scores, where they're going, made it very competitive. So I feel like that didn't help at all. But yeah, no, it's it's definitely you know uh, everybody's trying to uh, one up each other, get the the best grades, and everybody's uh, stressing out. And of course, like the professors, you know, they're they're top notch people who who've who've done crazy research right and yeah uh, you know they they expect uh a lot from the students um whether they realize it or not you know uh they're they're asking a lot so it's it was uh definitely challenging a uh, couple of years i think i think if there's anything that engineering school really teaches you like besides all of like the course specific like skills and everything it's just how to navigate having so much work to do and how you have to like, like there is no way that you would be able to do everything if you didn't at least somewhat enact some form of time management in your life. Um, yeah. I, I think that's a great point. Right. I, uh, I, you know, looking back as well, like uh, a lot of what I learned in school don't actually apply all that much at work, but when you're at school, you, you learn how to learn and to learn how to be an adult, right? Live yeah. on your own. And I think, you know, you, you can, you can always, uh, uh, you know, argue whether or not the, the tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars you're, you're spending uh, on that is worth. Uh, but that's, I think what you take out of it uh, from school rather than, than necessarily all that knowledge. I mean, you definitely do build the foundations for the knowledge you will use, but, uh, it's definitely not the same as what you're going to be using in your day-to-day -day, uh, work. Yeah. The, though, though I wish that like college wasn't like a societal standard to get into some, like some specific high paying jobs. I do feel like college is kind of when I learn the, how to grind towards a goal in my life. Because if you think about it, like the stage of your life directly before college, like in high school, even if you were studying and were a great student, you were never challenged as hard as you were in college. At least I think I that, that I think I could say that for the majority of people, of course, like 
there's always going to be an exception, but um, I don't know. I feel like in college, that's when I really developed the work ethic that I have till this day. I, I think, um, yeah, I think there's two things to, to really digest there as well. I think, you know, the first part, not everybody, I don't think, you know, everybody's built for college, right? Not everybody, you know, wants to sit in a classroom for an hour, an hour and a half, you know, multiple days a week learning abstract concepts, right? Some people are, are really hands-on. They want to just go and do it, you know. Uh, and, and this is where I, you know, in my personal opinion is that we really should destigmatize, you know, um, other paths uh, to careers, uh, you know, trade schools, you know, apprenticeships, right? Uh, because a lot of people feel that, oh, I have to go to college to uh, be successful. And then they go and, and, you know, aren't able to uh, succeed, you know, they're, they're put in an environment where they don't, you know, enjoy and they don't succeed in. And then, uh, you know, they have an awful time, they go into debt, you know, to, to pay for tuition, and, and they come out of it, you know, worse off. Um, and so I definitely agree with, you know, that first point that you said, Ahmed, and, and then, uh, you know, your, your second point as well, I think uh, one thing in college is that you uh, get to meet so many people from so many backgrounds as well, and that really changes perspective. Um, and, and, you know, I, I personally think that's part of the reason why, you know, uh, a lot more college-educated people uh, lean more left uh, in the political spectrum is that uh, coming from whatever high school or town that they're they're from and then being immersed in such a a a large cultural um uh melting pot you really uh get a whole new perspective on on things and so um you know i you know in high school i thought that um uh you know oh everything is uh uh amazing i'm like really you know great i'm uh amazing at everything i do and then going into college you know it it really uh made me realize that wow there are a lot of other people way smarter than i am and way better at everything than i am and like not even close to being the top uh for for like a lot of things so uh it really you know uh it, no i definitely your expectation yeah, for sure. And I, I you made you made a really great point. I feel like going to college and just learning about all the different backgrounds that people have. Like the three of us, for instance, met in college and like if when you go to high school, like everyone that you're in high school with lives in the same town. And even though everyone's household maybe has well, Jerry a good- and I Jerry and I both grew up in upstate New York, so that says something in itself too. I constantly bring up how like my hometown was growing up and then going to Stony Brook that changed my perspective on everything. Like I, it's not like anyone was telling me or instilling any ideas in my head. It was just what I had grown to know around me and these like societal norms up here. But when you go down there and you realize that people are living completely different lives, especially people that come from other countries and other religions, it was just a, a shock at first, but I'm so grateful to have those experiences. And I agree with what you're saying about a lot of people that go to college left leaning and stuff. I don't know about statistics, but I, I would, I would imagine that yeah. you could find some statistics to support that statement. But uh, 
also jerry i know that you got to leave in a couple minutes i wanted to ask you uh so what what's next what's going on now what are your like hobbies your favorite things to do and stuff like that yeah so i mean i've i've always uh, really liked the outdoors and going hiking and whatnot and since moving to seattle you know the uh the pacific northwest is you know unbelievably beautiful and yeah. uh, you know i don't want to say it but it is significantly better uh for outdoors than than the northeast uh, so uh, <laughs> you know uh, for oh, this year at least uh you know i gave myself a personal goal of, of uh uh doing an average of, of 15 to 20 miles uh, uh, a month for hiking. So I've been trying to uh, really crank out those hikes nearby. There's some uh, gorgeous hikes. Uh, and, you know, uh, at the same time, just kind of enjoying things, uh, being being a little little more relaxed and, and continue, you know, at, while at work, continuing to learn and, you know, have that work-life balance. Where so, do you... Where do you want to bring your career in the next like five years, ten years, or do you have you not really thought about it? You're kind of just relaxing, going with the flow now. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I'm hoping that uh, uh, my next step is, you know, uh, to get promoted to senior, and then I'm hoping that uh, uh, we can, you know, find a way to get to software engineering manager, and and eventually my my goal is to uh, get to maybe like a director or VP level. Um, and then, you know, depending on, on how things go, if I, I come up uh, with, uh, you know, a good idea, maybe maybe start my own company just to, you know, play around, have, uh, you know, try it out kind of deal. But, uh, you know, definitely nothing, nothing planned, uh, nothing, you know, uh, no, no specific hard timelines there. Gotcha. gotcha. All right. I, I guess um, I just wanted to ask one last thing before we wrap up. Um, oh, go ahead. Is there is there any specific team at Amazon that you would really want to work for, given the option? Uh, yeah, so um, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, there's there's no other team that I'm I'm dying to work for. Um, it's it's kind of ironic because sometimes uh, I'll get emails from other teams uh, that ask me to uh, to join their team. Uh, but I'm I'm really happy where I am because uh, you know uh, at, at my team I know that there's a, a good work-life balance and I know that uh, uh, you know right now I I'm able to learn more and I have a lot of freedom uh, in, in what I do and I can't guarantee that in another team uh, so at this moment I I re- really wouldn't want to you know switch teams to find out whether or not. It's as good. Gotcha. You're not in a point where you feel like you got to take that risk. You're <laughs> yeah, plenty, exactly. plenty happy with where you are. That's awesome. Um, Jerry, is there anything else you want to say? Do you want to plug any social medias? I know you're not super active on there, but you have your I, cooking page if you want to plug it. I, I don't. I, I've kind of stopped posting on it, but uh, uh, there's there's no nothing I, I really care to plug for everyone but uh, <laughs> i you know it's uh, if if you do find me that's great if you don't that's great um but uh you know, I, t-shirt I, to anyone that can stalk jerry and find his profile <laughs> yeah I, I mean uh, uh do, you, do you guys have merch that you're selling or anything y'all should we have uh, one we have one uh shirt prototype that we made but we haven't sold it or put uh, it out well, or well yeah everyone listening uh, you should uh, check back in uh, you know, and, and get, get that, uh, shirt when, when it drops. 
<laughs> thank but, you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, Jerry. I, I appreciate uh, you know the time and uh, uh, getting the opportunity. Thank you so much, man. No, I really appreciate it. That was a great episode for the audience. Uh, anyone that's looking to get into Fang, software engineering in general, or just here for the conversation. But Jerry, thanks. You know, I wish we could talk more often than we do. It's always a good time when we do chat. Yeah, John, Ahmed, thank you so much. Best of luck, man. Thank you. As always, thanks so much for listening, everyone. You know where to reach us, Black Box Podcast, no A in the Black on Instagram and Twitter, Black Box Podcast with an A in the Black on TikTok. You could also email us at blackboxsubmission at gmail.com. Uh, thank you so much. We just want to ask one thing. If you could leave a review or an honest review on your streaming platform listening platform of choice we'd really appreciate that and it helps us out a lot just get a gauge for uh how everyone's liking the podcast and what they feel about it and uh you know it helps promote the podcast as well so thank you so much we'll see you next time peace out